going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. I am your host, Greg. And this latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle, we're going to talk about the 2021 NFL Draft. A couple notes I wanted to give you. You know me. Anybody that knows me, there's one sport that I love that I could talk about all day, or day, and that's football. And other than uh, regular football Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, the draft is a pretty exciting day, too, because if you watch these guys in college, it's like watching your babies graduate and get drafted. And you're like, I remember when he was a freshman. Now look at him getting drafted to so-and-so team. But anyway. So let's talk about the 2021 NFL draft here where there's a lot of hoopla getting made about all these teams as usual, where where these players are going to go as usual. But what I wanted to say is this, everything that you're hearing now until the time comes when these guys actually get drafted, it's all just fodder. It's all smoke in the screens. It's all just mirrors and smoke playing games. These guys know what they want to do. They know who they want to draft, but they want to make it seem like they playing hard to get. Like, you don't look at that girl at the other side of the club where really you're hoping nobody talks to her so you could go and talk to her. That's what everybody's doing right now. The only thing is with the first of two picks, I think we all know what's going to happen. So what I'm going to do is I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go through each and every team throughout the entire first round because that's going to be 32 picks. And I know a lot of these teams, a lot of people aren't interested in. People want to know where the stars are going to go to. And for my local peoples, I'm going to tell you where the local guys are going to go to. And I'm also going to tell you where uh, uh, teams were a gem here or there might fall. And teams that might be in a position to have an interesting pick to be made. But let's go with, you know, the first 11. With the first pick, Jacksonville Jaguars, is no question about it. They 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 have they have a need. They have a player there. They're gonna draft quarterback Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson University. He's a great leader, champion, wins at a high level, can really catapult this offense with a strong arm, athletic ability, and more so. Urban Meyer probably wants to do what he did when he brought the spread offense to college with Utah and then bring it to a high level with Ohio State. He's going to try and do that with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is your guy if you want to do that. With the second pick, I think everybody knows with the Jets trading Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, they know who they want. They know what they're going to do. Nowadays, if you don't have a quarterback, it's like driving a car without a steering wheel. You're not going anywhere. So I think with the second pick, the New New Jersey, New York Jets, they're going to draft a quarterback. Now, personally, to me, the second best quarterback I feel in this draft is Justin Fields. But I think that with all the rumors, everything that you hear, and there's always a player, no matter what sport, that climbs up the chart just based off of the hot factor. He's the new it thing. And I think the new it player is Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. I think he's going to get that position solidified for the Jets. What does Zach Wilson do? He's like uh, around 6'2", but I think what his what he brings is athleticism, a rocket arm, and the ability for him to get the ball out at different arm angles and still be accurate. But then on the run, he can just grip it and flick it down the, down the field and be as accurate as if he's standing in the pocket. Now, one thing that I do like about Mr. Uh, Wilson is is that most of his production was done inside of the pocket, which is where you're going to win Super Bowls, a la Tom Brady. But when he's outside of the pocket, he's equally as dangerous. Six touchdowns, no picks. I like Zach Wilson. He's solid as a number two pick going to the 
New York Jets. Now, number three, you have San Francisco. All the talk is talking about uh, all these different players that are going to go to the 49ers. You're talking about Trey Lance. Everybody's talking about Mac Jones. I personally feel that Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State, is the guy that's going to go to San Francisco. Why? I believe that Kyle Shanahan realized that in today's new age NFL, you need a quarterback that is smart, tough, accurate, but he also needs to be athletic because there are going to be times where the protection is perfect, but nowadays these guys are just too fast, too slick, and sometimes they just bring blitzes every down where you're just not going to pick it up. And there might be an instance where a quarterback might need to get outside the pocket and flickety wrist, get the ball down the field 20 yards. Justin Fields has a rocket for an arm. Athletic, he checks all those boxes. When Kyle Shanahan went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, they had a dominant defense. Their defensive line was unblockable. But what happened? The quarterback was able to make plays outside of the pocket. And was able to pull that game out. Now, when you look at this last Super Bowl, what happened? He was the quarterback for the Chiefs. Not that I'm saying he wasn't able to get outside of the pocket. He was, but he was running for his life the entire time because his offensive line couldn't block. Now, when you look at the 49ers, they have an offensive line. They just need that quarterback on boot action plays to sit there and say, look, it's a second and five play. Can you turn this into a first to 10 instead of make it getting sacked and turning it into third to seven? Justin Fields goes to the San Francisco 49ers with the fourth pick in the draft going to the Atlanta Falcons. This is a very precarious pick. The reason why I say that is because people look at Matt Ryan and say to themselves, he's done. He's washed up. They're going to go with a quarterback here. I say no. I say with the weapons of Julio Jones, who he might be on the market. That's the rumor. But you still have Calvin Ridley. You still have Matt Ryan, who led his team to the Super Bowl. What is he when he was really at his peak? What did he have? A really good tight end with Algie Crumpler. They followed that up with with Mr. Gonzalez. Who do I think they get now? I think they go with Pitts, tight end out of the University of Florida. Now, Kyle Pitts is a freaking nature. The guy is 6'6". He's basically, I don't want to say a freaking nature because you say that, but then you look at all the tight ends now and this is how they all are. Basically, they took themselves a power forward or a small forward and put some pads on him and he's playing the position of tight end. Athletic can is too athletic for linebackers, too big for safeties, and pretty much is a, is a mismatch nightmare because of the speed. That's what Kyle Pitts brings. I think he opens up the field, and I think that improves Matt Ryan's chance of one more kick at the can of really having a deep run in the playoffs. Now, with the next pick, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. I think there's this is a no-brainer pick. Everybody's going receiver. Everybody's saying they should draft Jamar Chase as buddy when they were at LSU. I completely disagree with that. I think now you have your quarterback in Joe Burrow. What happened? Last year, he got hurt. Torn ACL, the offensive line was abysmal. I think with Penny Suo, junior offensive tackle out of Oregon, I think he's the guy that you want to get. 6'6, 330. The thing is, when you draft these players, they always sit there and tell you what a player can't do. But when I look at those things, I say to myself, is it coachable? The things that they say he can't do is he he springs out of his stance. Sometimes his foot placement isn't right, his hand placement isn't right. That's coaching. 
I mean, if it's one of those things where he just doesn't have certain staples that you need at the position, that's different. I think you address the offensive line because, like I said a couple minutes ago, you don't have a quarterback, you don't have an offense because it's like driving a car without a steering wheel. With the with that pick, I think that Penny Sewell fits perfectly with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, you look at the sixth pick in the draft. This is the pick where the Miami Dolphins, they're not playing checkers. They're playing chess. They traded out of the top 10, got themselves another first-round pick, and then traded back into the top 10 to six. They were originally at four and literally just gained more assets and bumped down to six. So I think, what did they do? They're basically looking at giving two of some weapons. Now, they figure Kyle Pitts is going to be gone. So now you have all the receivers. You have Jamar Chase. You have Jalen Waddle. You have um, Devontae uh, Smith. Okay? For me, everybody's saying Devontae Smith. I like Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase was Devontae Smith before Devontae Smith. Jamar Chase chose to sit out this year. When you look at that LSU offense, who, other than the quarterback, Jamar Chase was the number one guy in that offense, and he was really leading that team in terms of the yard, 1,800 yards, 27 touchdowns. He was a beast. I think he's going to be great with the ability to play with a running quarterback who needs weapons because this is a big year for Tua. So I think that is going to really make and break his year if they get him a weapon. Now you look at the seventh pick, Detroit Lions. They let Kenny Galladay get away. So now I think what they do is they're in the same position as the Dolphins. They're just looking at which one of these receivers is going to drop to them. Now, you look at who's next. I go with Devontae Smith. He's basically Jamar Chase, except he went to Alabama. Perfect pick. You get a player like that to replace the receiver. I think that the Detroit Lions are still rebuilding, but with Devontae Smith, you really have a piece on the outside. Now, you look at the eighth pick with the Carolina Panthers. A lot of people are saying they're going to go with quarterback. You know, you trade for Sam Darnold, and then you still have Teddy Bridgewater. Unless these guys trade one of those quarterbacks prior, you don't want to have a quarterback room where it's all these guys that are thinking they're going to start. What do I think they're going to do? I think they're going to want to go. I hate to say it because I wanted this player to go to the Giants, but I think they're going to go with offensive linemen out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. This is a guy who's a tackle, 6'4", 315, but... If they kick him into guard, they're saying with his size and his power at that position, he can just uproot, pick guys up and say, excuse me, my running back needs to run past me into the end zone. I think they go to offensive line to help that 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 that, that Christian McCaffrey guy. And what is a quarterback love? A good run game. Because now you can play action and everything opens up. Sam Darnold, what did he do? Great in college, play action and throw on the run. I think they go with the offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater, out of Northwestern. Now with the ninth pick in the draft. Now this is where it gets pretty, pretty interesting. Because now I think that all the offensive players that people were looking at are, I don't want to say are gone, but unless it's a position of need or value, I think this is where, when you look at the um, the Denver Broncos, I think what they're going to do here is they're going to go on defense. They could either go with... See, there's a couple guys. So you got J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. You have Patrick Sertain, Caleb Farley, or Micah Parsons. I think they go with a defensive back to really solidify that secondary. In saying that, 
I think they go with Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley is the guy that was really projected to go really high, had some injuries, chose to sit out this past year due to COVID and had a back procedure on his back. That's not what you want to hear going into the draft. But some players, they can be injury prone in college. But then when they hit the pros, everything completely changes. And he's not injury prone. It's just a big injury. I think they take a risk on Caleb. And I think he goes to the Denver Broncos at nine. Now, when you look at 10, same thing. I think when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, I think the Dallas Cowboys, the one issue they had when they were really good two years ago, that defense was stout, one of the best in the NFL. I understand that their quarterback, Dak Prescott, went down last year, but their defense was abysmal. Their defense did not help in any way in holding leads and letting the offense try and creep back into games. So I think they try and get some help. Add to that defense. I think they draft cornerback out of Alabama, Patrick Sertain, the second. I mean, this guy is 6'2", 202, a big, strong, physical cornerback who could cover, but not only cover, he's not afraid to come up and put them pads on somebody. Now, we come to the last pick that I'm going to do in my preview, the New York Giants. Now, for me, I think with the New York Giants, unlike the New York Jets, they have a shopping list of guys that I think that they're going to want to look at. I think that the, the, they want to address the wide receiver position, not because they don't have any, but I think they want to add some depth and maybe another a starter alongside Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard. I think Devontae Smith is going to be gone. I think he's on their shopping list. There's a Jalen Waddle. There's Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater is going to be gone. Now, if you look at Jalen Waddle and Micah Parsons, I think that basically it comes down to what do you want to do? Do you want to add to that defense? Or are you okay with Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Evan Ingram as the end of returning Saquon Barkley as weapons that you want to give to Daniel Jones? Because I think last year what really helped the Giants was when the defense started to click Everybody knew what Patrick Graham wanted them to do. That really helped keep the Giants into games because although they didn't win a lot of games, they were in every game that they played. But unfortunately, it was just plays from a weak offensive line and just injuries and things just didn't add up. Now, originally, I wanted them to get Rashawn Slaughter to help Daniel Jones because I don't think it was... If everybody comes back healthy, I don't think it's the weapons that's going to be the issue. I think it's going to be the offensive line and can they block. Now, they seem to have, you know, Shane Lemieux is going to start. You have a Matt Pert and you have Andrew Thomas. What did he do with Nate Solder? Who knows? Maybe one of these tackles, they kick down into guard. And we still have Will Hernandez. And Nicky Gates, I'm cool with him at center. So... I think, see, it's I, it's going to come down to Jalen Waddle or Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons is a really athletic, explosive, blitzing, can do a lot for your defense linebacker, middle linebacker. Now, we have Reggie Ragland and Blake Martinez, two veteran guys that could get the job done. Blake Martinez is a tackling machine, and Reggie Ragland is a very... He's a, he's a solid vet that could get the job done. Michael Parsons or Jalen Waddle. I think, although I want to say defense, because defense wins championships, 
I think they've really done a lot with their defense. I really think they want to add to their offense. If Rashawn Slater is gone and Devontae Smith are gone, I think the Giants go with, with the 11th pick in the draft, linebacker out of Penn State, Micah Parsons. Yeah, you heard me. I said Micah Parsons. Now, you're going to sit there and say, Greg, you just said that there's a young quarterback and you need to give him weapons. But you know what? We also need to add to that defense because maybe if that defense could improve a little bit better, maybe those points that we were letting up don't let up this guy with the defensive end and running back of high school. Athletic, fast, can blitz. He's not a, he can put his hand in the dirt and be an edge rusher. And that's what that's what you need. You need guys that can get to the quarterback. I'm not saying, hey, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay. I think that's good. Now, if you draft another receiver, which one of those guys go to the best? You want to put Darius Slayton to the best? That's fine. But I think now with the number one of Kenny Galladay, and then to clap back and go with a number, another number one receiver in the top 11, I think to me what you're doing is you're overloading at one position and not recognizing other areas. I think the defense could get some love here. And then in the second round, there are other players. But I think the defense, you want to show some love here and draft Micah Parsons. Now, I want to just real quick tell you some things about um, where I feel other players might go. Um, now, I want you to pay attention for a player by the name of Rashad Bateman. He's my surprise player to get drafted by any player, by any team in the first round. He's a wide receiver out of Minnesota. He's in 2019, he had 60 receptions, 1,200, over 1,200 yards, 20.3 a clip, and 11 touchdowns. This past year, the quarterback play really wasn't that good, so his yards really dropped until he decided to opt out of the season. Rashad Bateman is a 6'2, 210. He's a big guy. That's athletic, can get those 50-50 balls down the field, and he's explosive in the with his playmaking ability. On the defensive side, I'm going with linebacker out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Now, you could call me a homer by saying that, but I'll tell you why. This guy is the prototypical hybrid player for the new NFL because now this guy is 6'1", 215. He's almost big enough to play safety but he's a linebacker he could cover your tight end you can put him in space and he can play zone or you could put him at the line of scrimmage he's very productive and he's not afraid to put them paws on somebody if you wanted to make a tackle he's the type of player that if a defensive coordinator is very creative and he's in the right system I think he could be a surprise player for anyone's defense that chooses to select him in the draft. Now, other teams that I think that might make some splashes with players, I think that um, Rashad Bateman, if he's available, give the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson another weapon at 27. Now you have Mr. Hollywood on the outside. Hollywood Brown on one end, Rashad Bateman on the other side. And then you could have Dobbs at your running back, and you have Lamar Jackson. That's enough space where now there's no excuse that run that pass game really needs to get on and pop in now. At 24, I think that all the people that know the Steelers say, "What was the problem when the when the Steelers are really good? What do they have? A really good run game. 
I think James Conner was still a little bit dinged up coming in the last year. He signed with the Arizona Cardinals. I think with the 24th pick, they put all their chips in the middle of the table and say, we're going to go back and do things the good old way. We're going to get ourselves a running back. I think Najee Harris is the guy that they want because he's a guy that could catch and run out of that backfield and really make life a lot easier for Ben Roethlisberger. And they can get offensive linemen in the second and third round. That would be quality. But I think last year they just forced Ben Roethlisberger to pass too much, and I think that's what led to a lot of the problems that they had. Now, you look at um, teams that have two picks. I think the teams like the Jets probably go with the 23rd pick. They probably go with a center and um, to, to try and, and obviously help that offensive line. Because that offensive line with the young quarterback, what's the first thing you're going to need? You're going to need somebody to sit there and say, okay, look, we're going to sit there and, and, and get an um, offensive lineman that could really help us solidify what we're trying to do and moving forward. Now, who's that guy? You could look at um, Landon Dickerson out of Ohio State. I'm Ohio State. I'm sorry. Alabama. Um, you could also look at other centers, uh, Creed Humphrey. 6'5", 320, very athletic. I think he's another guy that they might look at with that second pick. Other teams like the Miami Dolphins, I think for them, they might look at an edge rusher with that second pick to improve on that growing defense. That's very good. I think guys like Aziz Olajari, uh, Jalen Phillips, maybe um, you know a Jason Owe, those guys that are available. I think, and if you want to, you know, Jalen Phillips was added to you, maybe a Gregory Rousseau, and start building a connection of love between the Miami Hurricanes and the Miami Dolphins. I think that's what they're going to do. And when you look at uh, uh, teams like the Ravens, they have two picks. I think with that first pick, they're going to go offense. Then with that second pick, maybe go with a defensive line. I mean, they did lose Judon, so they're probably going to want to go with the edge rusher. So, you know, maybe they go with uh, Kuwaiti Pei, maybe a Joseph Osai. Or maybe, you know, a Carlos Bashman Jr., somebody like that. Somebody where I think they're going to look for edge rusher to try and replace what they lost. <coughs> Sorry about that. Now, other teams like the Bears, I don't really think they're going to go with a quarterback. I think that there's going to be none available unless one of them happens to fall. I don't think that they're going to get a quarterback. But one team that I feel that it could be very, 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 very interesting. Because at 15... Let's say one of these quarterbacks is available when the Carolina Panthers pick. And the Carolina Panthers say, look, we could get this offensive lineman maybe at 15. Where the one that we want, the Giants will pick. But then there's another one that we really want. And we're going to take him instead. I think they can maybe creep up in the top 10. Maybe even go with the Pan go with the uh, the Broncos at 9 or the Cowboys at 10 and come up and do what? Maybe draft themselves Trey Lance. Maybe get themselves that QB. Because let me tell you something. With all the QBs here, Trey Lance is the developmental guy where I think he's not going to be able to come in and start. But in saying that, I still think he's going to be productive. If he could just sit and do it the Belichick way, we all saw what happened when Tom Brady sat down and got tutored by Belichick. So maybe that's the, the, the next uh, Tom Brady is Trey Lance. So that's what I got with you guys for the draft. Thank you for listening. These are just some of the thoughts and opinions I have about what's going to go down, who's going to get drafted, where, and why. That's the most important thing. I like telling you my why, not because this guy is nice. I like telling you why I think this guy is going to go there. Now, for my positive quote of the day, it goes like this. 
We didn't come this far to only come this far. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to let that resonate. We didn't come this far to only come this far. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.